Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. I am here with the Senior Director and Global Head of Design of the Hershey's Chocolate Company, Ron Burridge. Ron, thanks for coming on today. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is so exciting. Uh, I, I know that we had talked about it briefly, but um, I actually discovered Ron in one of those kind of eureka, life-changing moments. I was listening to, I remember it well, I was in my friend Thomas' driveway, and uh, Thomas is always, you know, 45 minutes to an hour late for everything. Nice. And uh, I was listening to your podcast. I was looking at the sunroof on a beautiful summer day. And uh, I was so kind of moved to hear your story and, you know, you're you're trying to find jobs and your persistence in trying to find a job and, you know, working for Disney and being close to Disney. So um, I'm going to put the podcast in the comments section below. Uh, As usual, it's a fantastic podcast because Debbie Millman. Uh, yeah. I was on it, but uh, yeah, I remember that moment well, and from that moment forward, I was like, I want to meet this guy, so it's it's so cool to have you on, so thanks for being here, Ron. Thanks, thanks for having me on, and thanks for reaching out. Uh, let's start from the beginning of your of your career. You were, from 1997 to 1998, you were the design and production manager at Darden Restaurants. Before I was with Darden, I was with um, a series of, of agencies. I actually started my career um, doing design for a bank in South Florida. Right. Uh, called American Savings and Loan. They don't exist anymore, unfortunately. Um, it was a great job. Um, and then I moved from that into uh, an agency, and I was with an agency for uh, several years before I, I moved to Darden um, in Orlando. Um, but really, the move the move to Darden, while I love the Olive Garden and I'm Italian, as you can tell, not really, <laughs> am, not, um, is uh, I really wanted to be closer to Disney because I have this lifelong infatuation with the Disney company. Um, and, you know, even well before my professional career started, like every paper I wrote in school was about Walt Disney. Every art project somehow was Disney related. You um, find a way. I, I find a way, right? Um, I was obsessed with Mary Blair, who's a, an illustrator, um, an amazing designer that uh, worked for Disney. Um, and so I just wanted to work for Disney. So I thought, well, I'm going to move to Orlando, right? I was in Florida, so it's not like I moved right. from... It's not a you, stretch. You know, too far away. But I moved to Orlando, and I got this amazing job with Darden Restaurants, uh, working for the Olive Garden. Um, and I was their traffic and production manager. At the time, they didn't... Um, they didn't really call the group design. It turned to design while I was there, um, but it was a short stretch because I um, I happened to go uh, to print a menu for the Olive Garden one night, and um, and I met who would become my future boss at Disney. Uh, and you know we were joking one night. It was a late night press run, and I was super tired. This was like back when you know um, the Olive Garden has a, a ton of restaurants right. and. They're different like menu items in different parts of the country. You have liquor laws in parts of the country where you can't have alcohol on a menu. So we were just there for a long time printing like hundreds of, of versions of the menu. Right. Anyway, so I'm printing. I'm delirious, smelling, um, you know, printer fumes, which I know the feeling. I love. I, I, I actually went on a, a tour of a print shop a few weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, my God, I missed the smell. Yeah. Um, anyway, I digress. But, uh, yeah, it was, I was printing um, some menus, and someone was there printing a job for Disney. And I was joking. I'm like, oh, my God, I've applied for you guys, you know, forever. You don't even, you, you don't even reply. I get, like, little thank you cards in the mail when people would act before The email. magic of Disney you mentioned. I thought that was so funny. And <laughs> for the, your interest in the magic of Disney at this time, yeah. there's another candidate whose qualifications meet our needs better. But anyway, yeah. um, 
I used to say I could wallpaper a bathroom with all the cards I got. But anyway, that was my introduction to Disney. And she's like, oh, here, switch, you know, cards. And, um, and I lucked out. I mean, uh, it got me an interview. I went in. I showed my portfolio. I thought, oh, there's no way in a million years they're going to hire me. Right. Um, and they did. And uh, best, uh, best time of my life. I loved working for them. What is it about Disney in particular that, um, you know, because you got a chance to work there and, and, and see – you know, behind the scenes and kind of have an idea of how, how the whole thing kind of plays out. But uh, what is it that makes Disney so special in comparison to other brands? Well, I think it, it means a lot of, it means a lot of things to a lot of people and different things for different people. Right. So, uh, you know, my, my personal experience with Disney is, um, you know, I grew up in South Florida um, my family, um, uh, you know, we didn't have like a ton of money and, uh, and our vacations typically were a couple of days going to Disney. And so that's how I experienced, um, that's how I experienced Disney. And it was something that, you know, I, I remember doing with my brothers and sisters and, and my mom, um, and a lot of like magic memories that really were created, you know, in my life there. And, you know, those, those scent audible, you know, audible, right edible every all of the things coming together like i i still can walk into you know a store in the mall and say oh my god i just smelled disney like that so weird right. that sensory element of it yeah um, but so much of it for me was was kind of like that that escape that's what um vacation was for me um i i was always artistic and infatuated with um with animation i i remember um you know, the, the first time I saw an animated film and, and finding out, wow, how they did that. And um, for the longest time, I thought I wanted to be a cell painter. Like, I'm like, I just want to paint cells, you know? How do, how do you mean cells? What do you mean by um, cells? So like um, in traditional animation, um, the way that every frame was done was there was literally um, a, a cell, a piece of cell. Oh, like storyboard. Oh. Like, yeah, but yeah. it's on, like a piece of plastic okay. that then a, or it's on a piece of film that the artists literally draw, um, at the time it was all done. Now it's digital, right. but, um, they would actually draw it on the film and then paint it on the film and you paint it backwards and then oh, you put wow. it under a camera and photograph it. And it's, um, you know, for every, for every minute of, of animation, right. There's, you know, thousands of, of drawings that come to life. Whereas, you know, in, with technology today, um, uh, you know, computers are helping to do that. And, and certainly you're able to get kind of more realistic right. in the way that they're done. But, um, I was just infatuated with that process and I thought, oh man, I'd love to do that. And I remember, um, at one point, um, I also love peanuts and Charles. So I love Disney, but I also right. really love Charles Schultz and, and anything peanuts. Yeah. Um, and I really loved, uh, Jim Davis Garfield forever. Yeah. And I remember watching, um, a special, like, a I don't know if it was ABC or NBC, um, where they were talking about how they actually make, um, animated films and, you know, the, the cell painters were there and I'm like, Oh, that's what I want to do. That's just amazing to me. Yeah. So I think there's that. And, you know, the other thing for Disney is, is you've got, you've got these brands and these stories and these characters that, um, you know, they're easy to relate to as, as a kid. And, and they also give you that moment of escape where it's like, ah, oh, you know, if I'm, if you're having a bad day and, you know, I mean, for me, if I'm having a bad day at work, I normally put on my Disney playlist and I'm jamming in, in my office. to the I do too. I have the, I have the saved <laughs> when you were a designer there. I know you, uh, you mentioned with Debbie that you had, um, 
you worked on some of the merchandising in the park. You had mm-hmm. to you had to work uh, in the park. That was part of. Which yep. I, I hope they still do that. That's really they do. Good. They, they do. Oh, that's awesome. But um, yeah, how how does that work? Because that's that's actually another one of my favorite parts of going there was kind of seeing the visual the, the way the visual merchandising tied in and and it didn't seem like it was like you know this kind of whole like you know just a, a cheap gift shop trying to make. I mean, they were so well thought out. You know, you saw a mug and it was like, oh, it's $25. But then you look at that mug, like, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's like worth $25 for that mug. It's beautiful. Particularly if I designed it, it was yes. definitely worth that. Um, <laughs> yeah, the way, um, and it's changed a little bit since I was there, but um, uh, we had a division that was called Disney Design Group. And we were, um, we were the team that was responsible to do all merchandise development for the theme parks. Right. Um, then there's the consumer products group. They are, they're doing a lot of the license work. They were out of Burbank. We were out of Florida. Right. We would do some things together, like synergistically, where it's like, oh, they're going to do something big for the Disney store, and we're going to do um, something similar within in parks and resorts. Right. Um, and so it, it worked that way. And very similar to the way, you know, frankly, I design for, for Hershey or chocolate. Um, so much of it is based on trend, what's happening, um, you know, in the marketplace, what are, um, you know, kind of what are the, you know, socioeconomic kind of feelings going on in the world? You know, are people happy? Are people depressed? Are people, right. you know, looking for nostalgia and warmth? And um, and so we would do a lot of work around kind of mood, theme, trend, and then say, okay, well, how how would those trends come to life through the lens of, of Disney? Or if it were, um, you know, how would they come to, to life through a specific retail location? So if you're doing product development for the Jungle Cruise, for instance, and there's, you know, a a big kind of nostalgic theme. Um, oh, can you play that up in in some of the way that you bring it to life? Or if if travel and um, you know experiencing the world, can you you know tie that in? And I think you see a lot of that. I, I think Disney is probably one of the best. Um, you know, particularly from a, a a parks and resort merchandise point of view. To your point, you. I never feel like I'm being sold to there. I feel like oh, I want that to remember this experience. Yeah, um, to commemorate you know, this, such a, a, exactly. a, a, a truly like a magical day. Um, so yeah, it's, it, so that's kind of the way it worked. But um, there's there were also you know the the business um, side that was more about the um, uh, the procurement of the items and the you know the forecasting of well how many of that mug right. will sell how do we order um, but everything that we did. Um, it, it was great for me because I, I did come from more of a traditional 2D um, print background. Right. And so I remember when I, I got the job, I was really nervous because it was the first time that I had worked um, three-dimensional in product development. And it just a great experience because it opened um, my my opportunities to working with, with different types of artists versus um, just, just graphic designers, so sculptors and... Um, painters and photographers and illustrators and you know everything that make you know what I do every day kind of come together when I first got there um, you know and I always I'm thrilled that they took a risk on me it was a, a really great way to kind of round out my talent and and what I what I was able to do and then what made me you know frankly want to go and work for another massive <laughs> product company like you know Procter and Gamble or um, or the Hershey company this guy just setting up segues I love it they're the easiest guests ever this Perfect. I love it. <laughs> but I, I don't know yeah. if I answered your question. I just you no, know. it's okay. It's a, this is just a chill conversation. We talk about whatever. There's no. There's no. Uh, 
If I could lift my monitor for you, you would see I've literally got a shrine to Disney, like either awards that I won while I was there. Um, uh, uh, I, actually, I'll show you. I'm going to stand up. Yeah, go ahead. You can, you can. Or the belly. Um, <laughs> like I spent a lot of time doing... Wait, show the cufflinks while, while we're here. While oh, we're on the subject, you got to show the, the, the kisses cufflinks. So I've got um, these fabulous oh uh, kiss cufflinks. Oh, and on the back, um, they're a Hershey Pip. Oh um, um, but when we uh, we did a redesign of of the corporate brand, um, yeah. and the logo was a big part of that, and yeah. uh, and I had these made because I I tried to wear cufflinks every day. Yeah. But, okay. So one of my favorite things I ever designed at Disney because I awesome. am haunted mansion. <laughs> I'm so excited junk, right now. <laughs> junkie, junkie, I love the haunted mansion. Yes. And I was able to, and I don't tell too many people this because I don't want to ruin any magic, but I was actually able to go into the Haunted Mansion before the park opened. Um, and you're very supervised when that happens. So yeah. it's not they're like, oh yeah, go in. Um, and so the, you, you have a guard with you, but they turn the lights on um, because I was doing a commemorative pin that, um, it's like in this box here. Oh my God, But so I'm going to cool. open it. It's magic here. Um, but it's Master Gracie. And he is, um, he sits yeah. above the fireplace. The elevator, right? Right, right before you get into the, the elevator. But what's really cool is um, it was, he's, uh, he's a lenticular pin. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, when I can see kind it. of moving. But he, um, he goes from, you know, skull, yeah. skeleton to wow. you know, beautiful Master Gracie self. But anyway, this was like one of the... Um, uh, a project that we had done for like a limited edition haunted mansion thing. And it's like a prized possession. That is so they only cool. made 999 of them because that's how many ghosts there are in the haunted mansion. 999. <laughs> and we, are we might make this whole thing about Disney. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, and you can actually find this on eBay. My niece will send me links. She's like, your pins going for a killing. Oh but my anyway, I love it. That's uh, so awesome. But then I also did, like, I spent a lot of time at Disney designing pins, um, like collectible, flare. you know, flare. Exactly. Um, and, oops, and I dropped one. But going full circle, um, I just finished designing um, a massive set of pins for Hershey, oh, uh, wow. an official sponsor for the um, United States Olympics team. And, uh, and I've pins. I've been sharing huge. everything. I've been a good friend. Awesome. I've been sharing everything. <laughs> Cool. So it's fantastic. I, I should add too. So. Ah, good, good, good. I um, like the the blue, the blue, like the blue wrapper with the white stars. Isn't it awesome? I'm loving it. It's good. See, it's like for me, it's like about the like the little, the tiniest details. That all right. So 2003, 2004. That's one year, two months. Yeah, yeah. I should prep. I should I should say that the reason I keep saying that is because Ron claims to not be good with days. I doubt that. But you worked for uh, Procter and Gamble, and you got to work on some. Um, a whole variety of different brands. Can you tell me a little bit about working at Procter and Gamble the first time and what that was like? Yeah, sure. So I I went to um, so I was with Disney, and I I have to say like you know these are the moments as a designer um, where you know if you hear my story and and it it is very true. I wanted one thing in my life as an artist, and that was to work for Disney. It's all I ever wanted. Right. Um, and you know then people are like, well, why did you leave? Right? And Debbie yeah. actually asked. I was me wondering that. that myself. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I was stupid. I was young. I, I mean, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, I could make more money. I could have more responsibility. Um, but but I have to say, authentically, um, I left Disney uh, because Procter & Gamble had um, 
started really to build their design organization and design function in uh, an amazing way. And it felt like this is an opportunity to get in on the ground floor of an organization that is recognizing the, the transformative power of design. And that sounds like a, a big lofty thing, yeah. but it is. No, they did. I, I'm familiar with the work. It's extraordinary, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I think what was really amazing about the Proctor piece for me was, um, you know, from my agency experience, my Darden experience, my Disney experience, everything was all hands-on doing the work. Um, and Proctor really was looking for design, design managers, but really strategic design leaders, um, and people who were thinking about more of the long-term health and equity of the brands, um, and then finding the best external partners to to bring them to life. So um, it really opened my experience up to instead of being in the agency, having, you know, becoming the client for um, the agency, but also really looking at design very differently, um, really much more from the, um, the consumer psyche of, you know, why a consumer buys what they want, why they want what they want, why they're attracted to something you're doing. And, right. um, you know, what, what I love about what I love about my experience at Disney and, and frankly, like even as I look through my portfolio, I'm like, Oh, I remember working on that. That was amazing. I, right. right. Uh, a lot of the Disney side is you, you have the benefit of a, these characters that are just so beloved. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you also, particularly from a, a parks and resort side of thing, which was the group that I was in, you had the benefit of um, a, a captive audience. And that doesn't sound right, but you have people who've made the Absolutely, choice. Yeah. And invest and spend. They bought the ticket. They're there with their family, and they want to commemorate. When you're trying to sell a stick of deodorant um, in a Walmart or a Target or you know a drugstore, right. a lot of other stimulus is getting in the way. And right. particularly, um, you know, if, if you're working on a brand like, so I, I had the the absolute pleasure. It's one of my favorite experiences um, was to work on Old Spice. And, uh, you know, an Old Spice, talk about scent and memory taking you back. The, the, for, just to clarify, this is the first time, right? Uh, the fir my first, my, uh, no, no, no. My first time in Proctor. Oh, I'll tell you that story. So, yeah. Well, that was uh, just, are you referring to, like, the, the new young Old Spice or, or the old classic Old Spice? I, 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 both. I did the new cool Old Spice. I love that campaign. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not as thorough as Debbie, but no, I love awesome. that campaign. That was unreal. I have some of it in my in my bathroom. It's all in there. I'm wearing it today. Which one do you wear? I wear Swagger. Or that one's good. There's also one Matterhorn. Uh, Matterhorn is uh, Matterhorn body wash. I love. Yes, um, it's <laughs> awesome, and it's also a little bit of a Disney thing because of the Matterhorn in. You came up with that. No, no, no. But I, I say it. like, you know, yeah, I yeah, yeah. love it. it. Disneyland Matterhorn. And then I lived in Switzerland um, with right. Procter Gamble and got to go to the Matterhorn. So it's, oh it's one of the reasons I buy it. But cool. Denali smells really good as well. Yes. But, um, but yeah, no, I worked on, um, I worked on the redesign of Old Spice. And, uh, you know, that was one where I felt a total sense of responsibility because it, A, it's a brand that I've grown up with. And, and when you talk about sensory, like the second I smell classic Old Spice, I, I go to my grandfather. Me too. You know? Me um, too. He, just, wore, he used to wear it as well. It's that, that uh, porcelain buoy bottle is mm -hmm. what it's called with the, um, you know, this, the pencil with the star on the top. 
And I remember when I was working on it, you know, you had um, Old Spice was actually in two different kind of camps. It was High Endurance and Red Zone were the two kind of sub brands for, for yeah, Old Spice. I remember Red Zone. That smelled awful. It, <laughs> I won't tell you. Any, um, but when I started on that, and you, you would talk to, you know, consumers. And, and what was also neat about that is typically the consumer, um, you know, from a Procter & Gamble point of view was a female. So this was a male, you know, consumer, but with a lot of, of buying by the girlfriend, the wife, the spouse, the mom. Right. Uh, and so it was really cool to kind of learn a lot about that. We also um, sponsored NASCAR uh, races. Tony Stewart was our driver. Yeah, I'm a and big NASCAR fan. That was another really? branding thing, yeah. Wow. I went to more NASCAR races that I never in my in a million years it thought I'd It does not line up with my politics. It makes no sense. I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm the only liberal at the NASCAR race, too. yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I remember when um, we were working on the redesign, you know, a lot of consumers would talk about, oh, I wear Red Zone. It's like, actually, you wear Old Spice. Or, right. you know, like, oh, yeah, I buy the High Endurance one. It's like, actually, you buy Old Spice. And, you know, there was a lot of, um, you know, as a brand, and and I, I think maybe I talked a little bit about this with um, with Debbie, but maybe not. Um, there There is this, first you have a brand like Old Spice, a brand like Olay, which I also right. worked on, which was also a dream brand for me to work on right. because I remember iconic brands. Oh my gosh. I'd, I'd go into my great grandmother's bedroom and that jar was on her dresser that you just weren't allowed near it. Like yeah. get away from that. That's like yeah. her special stuff. Um, and so to work on those, you have this responsibility of like, wow, these iconic brands, but then you also have, Hey, the consumer's changing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of consumers we would talk to would say, yeah, my dad wore old spice, or, you know, it reminds me of my grandfather or with Olay, it reminds me of my grandmother. Um, and you know, I think what, um, what old spice did brilliantly and, and I, I can take credit for leading, you know, the, the design portion of, of that work. Um, you know, we had worked with Wyden and Kennedy, uh, for, for the advertising and communication. Um, and I had worked with Landor, um, in Cincinnati. Wyden Kennedy did the commercials of it, right? Right. And really, you know, they're, See, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you too, man. They're, they're awesome. They're a great group of yeah, people. Yeah. Fantastic. But they kept, um, you know, we'd be sitting through this, in the research and it was like, you know, gosh, we were trying really hard to think about, okay, how do we get the guy to stop thinking about Old Spice as his dad's or his grandfather's and make him think of it as, as his. And I thought, you know, what was really breakthrough um, in the work was this idea of, you know, um, it was a little dirty for Proctor, at least at the time, but you know, this idea of, you know, you wouldn't be here if your dad didn't wear Old Spice. Um, right. And there was that kind of like, ah, oh, there's something really cool about this brand. Um, yeah. And so that you should celebrate and, and you should, you should be thrilled that it's still here for you. Um, you know, and, yeah. and they did a great job with that. And I mean, what a trans, what a transformation for a brand, particularly, um, you know, the, the category was growing in a way that was really more about, you know, sex. And if I wear this fragrance, you know, all the girls are going to be all over me. And this was just more of an approach. It started to, with Axe, right? Was that kind of the, they were the first company to yeah. really do that? They were really the ones to do the, um, that more sexual attraction yeah. uh, side of things. Um, and so, you know, for Old Spice to really take the stand on confidence, um, your own confidence and, you know, not, not 
you need somebody else to make you feel confident. Um, it just helped the design journey. But I remember um, as we were trying to do the work, uh, Landor and I would consistently go into meetings with like, hey, let's go back through the archives, look at this amazing design work that was there, right. um, the Old Spice script, which, you know, to, I'm a typography junkie, by the way. <laughs> the Old Spice script is like, one, it, it's so iconic. I could, I could still draw it right now if I wanted to. Right. Um, you know, we had gone away from that. And if you looked at like Old Spice High Endurance and Old Spice Red Zone, it had gotten a little bit more, you know, it, it was more modern. And I totally get all the reasons probably why it went there in the late 80s, early 90s. Right. But going back to kind of the roots and the heritage, particularly with the communication, um, you know, story that, that Wyden was telling made a lot of sense. But one of the things that I love more than anything on, on the Old Spice original fragrance, the top of the pack, it's... Um, the stopper of of the fragrance. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what that looked like as you're talking. It's like this gray. It's like a gray plunger, but the top of it has a star debossed in in the top of right. it. Yeah. Um, you look at it. It's um. You know. It's it's uh, a six sided shape, and I I don't know. One I decided I was going to make a graphic of that, and I wore that on my t shirt um for this meeting where I was pitching the redesign to like our. <laughs> Our, uh, only you, Ron. Only our, you. Our business, we called them business franchise leaders, who I love, by the way. This woman was awesome. She, yeah. she took a lot of risks with design. Anyway, so I wore this. Um, I wore what was the top of the fragrance bottle on my shirt. That actually became the badge of the Old Spice logo that, as it sits today. So it sits in that, um, in the shape with the Old Spice script and the ship. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things, it, it kind of became my trick um, at, at Proctor, um, I would bring things back. So, like, I brought, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm so proud I brought that clipper ship back because, right. you know, it had moved to a schooner and a yacht on High Endurance and Red Zone. Yeah. Like, that awesome pirate ship, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, it, so now it's, it's the, is it it's the, still the original? It's just yeah. integrated into new. Wow. Yeah, it is. It's in. It's in the new. And you know, it's it's funny because I still, um, even though I haven't worked on that brand, I haven't worked on on Old Spice. Wow, it's definitely over. There we go. Times. <laughs> I'm bad with timelines. I'd say it was like yeah. a couple months ago. Yeah. With with Proctor for me, it was like this, just a different side of the design business, and and really seeing how design could be. Um, you know, and should be, and in companies that are doing it really well, um, really a competitive advantage. And, um, you know, Proctor had brought in a, a new design leader, um, uh, Claudia Kochka, who um, actually came from the marketing side. So what was really great is she bridged that gap between, you know, the creative side and the business side of design. And she really helped, um, you know, establish the the role and, and frankly, what design is at Proctor, um, you know, today. Right. So getting, you know, getting in there for me was, ah, oh, I, I, I wanted that so badly. Yeah. Uh, and it was also one of the first times that I had ever been recruited, right? So like, yeah. I had always been the one who I'm like, I'm going to find this job and I want to get it. Yeah. And so, um, you know, when I had the opportunity to go to Proctor, um, I was thrilled. I was excited. I have to say my original, and, and so you'll, you'll note that there was a one year stint with Proctor. Right. My original interview, I thought I was going to, um, I interviewed in beauty. I interviewed in baby and I thought, Oh, I'm coming from, you know, I'm coming from Disney where I did a lot of work, uh, princesses. And I, I did, you know, of course, baby and Disney. Yeah. Uh, and my first job at Proctor was on dish care. Um, and so Dawn and, and Ivory, which was amazing to work on a classic brand like Ivory and Dawn as well. So I did dish care for them for a year. Right. Um, 
and uh, and I didn't love it. I wasn't sure if I didn't really love it. I think a big part for me was the culture shock of I got everything I thought I wanted, which was, okay, I don't want to do the hands-on stuff anymore. I want to really go into more creative direction and, and leadership. Right. Uh, and I missed it. And so um, I got a phone call for um, uh, a company called Cranium out in Seattle. And they were an awesome company that made um, games. They had an amazing relationship with Starbucks that kind of put them on the map. And yeah. you know they, they definitely had like that little engine that could kind of story. They kept trying to sell that game to... You you know, toy store chains and, and department stores, and it didn't happen because they, they had the buying season wrong, like when right. people were buying. Um, so I left Proctor to go to Cranium, and Cranium was amazing. A, it was in Seattle, um, which remains one of my favorite places that I've ever lived. <clears throat> I think I like water. I was born and raised in Florida, Seattle, then lots of water. Um, Lots of rain. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, so I so I went to Cranium um, and I left Proctor after a year. And I remember, um, you know, when I left Proctor, I had made these great relationships. And you know, I, I just remember some of the things that I did that I never really had a chance to do in my career, whether that was sit through consumer research, talk to consumers about design, work with these you know massive agencies that you know you hear about as designers, but you're like, ah, who who really is working, you know, with them. Um, and so it was amazing. Right. And, uh, you know, what, what was really exciting for me about Cranium is it was going to lead design um, for the organization. They didn't have an internal design group. Um, and it, would have been, it was a nice mix of, okay, I was doing some of the hands-on. Um, I was also building the team uh, creatively. Um, and, you know, their, their trajectory was just, you know, they, were, they had plans to explode. Right you know, the world. So they were sold to Hasbro, um, a game company, another toy. Which is the people you want to be bought by if you're a game company. Right. I mean, if you're a toy and game company, right? Um, and so when that happened, you know, it was like this, okay, well, what do I do? Um, and I stayed in touch with uh, people at Proctor. Um, I had a job offer from another company that I really, you know, was also on my bucket list of where I wanted to work. And, um, and I went back, uh, you know, it was a very casual, I was going to be in Cincinnati for the holidays. And my, um, uh, one of my contacts at Proctor said, oh, just come and have coffee with me, whatever. And I ended up leaving the coffee like, yeah, I'm going to come back and work here. And, uh, and so I, I had an opportunity to go back to Proctor um, for a second time. When I left the first time, they told me no one ever leaves Proctor twice, um, meaning once you leave, you're out. So I, I was excited that they brought me back um, and I was able to go into beauty, which is really where I wanted to be. And, and I had Switzerland, right? What's that? That's in Switzerland? Well, I came back to Cincinnati for the first um, part of it. And I was, that's when I did Old Spice, Secret. Then um, we had acquired Gillette, um, the amazing uh, shave care company. And I was able to work on the redesign of Gillette, which was incredible. Beautiful. Um, I love that. Work. And then I'm a uh, Patriots fan, so the Gillette is prominently everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. I, I don't know if you've noticed one of one of those moments. Um, and on that work, I had uh, worked with an agency partner, LPK. Um, also, they're in Cincinnati as well. Uh, a great group. But it was one of those very smart moments. Whereas the work was coming in, there was a. It, Number one, always on the page was like, okay, what are we doing with the logo, right? I mean, there's always that, oh, yeah. can, we change it? can we touch it? And I remember on the Gillette stuff, it's like, don't touch the logo, don't touch the logo. Right. And this designer <clears throat> came back and changed the dot of the eye. It was literally, um, uh, it was Futura, um, it was the face, but, you know, it just has that beautiful round dot. 
Right. And he changed it to a chisel and a blade. And I'm like, oh my God, that's the smartest thing I've ever seen. And uh, I remember actually going into our, our business franchise leader at the time and like, oh, he's going to kill me because number one thing said, don't touch the logo. And the first thing yeah. that we're saying is, oh, we want to change it. Um, but uh, anyway, so I worked on Gillette. Then I worked on Olay, which that truly was my dream. And to your, um, you know, your point on global brands, Olay was so fun and complex at the same time because the brand means very different things in different parts of the world. So, right. you know, in the U S it's a, you know, it's a, a great high quality mainstream skincare brand. But if you go to Japan and China, it's, um, uh, it's a prestige counter brand like you would go and right. purchase at a department store. Right. Um, so, you know, creating design systems that work from, you know, for a shelf at Walmart all the way to, you know, um, like a high end department store in Japan, right. uh, was a huge challenge and a ton of fun. And, and I, I loved it. And I got, I really got to travel the world because of, of Olay and Gillette. Um, so and then I went from that business to, um, to hair care. And I had Pantene head and shoulders and herbal essences. And that's when I, I had the opportunity to live in Geneva, Switzerland. Um, and I did that for two years for Proctor which was awesome. Pantina, you know, like all three of those brands, like our yeah. brand. Oh my God, I'd kill the That's when I heard the podcast with Debbie. I was like, I gotta meet this guy, man. Like, find out. Uh, and it, great. I had an awesome time doing that. And then um, I heard from the Hershey company and, you know, I had no intention of leaving Proctor. I had no intention of leaving Geneva, Switzerland. And, you know, I thought, with Hershey, wow, I've got this kind of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, it's that a, confuses me. <laughs> it's a magical place. It's yeah. magical. It smells like chocolate. Yeah, but uh, and it does really. Oh, but so you know, for me, the the magic you know of Hershey was I, I, I kind of compare it to like if Proctor and Disney were to become one company, um, yeah. that's Hershey. So yeah. I, I have the, uh, you know, a magic, like the, the iconic brands that, you know, I had at Procter and, and of course Disney being an iconic brand, but you have really emotional stories, um, attached to the brands, um, where, you know, I do think Procter's mission about, you know, touching and improving lives. Absolutely. When you talk to somebody about the first time somebody gave them a Hershey kiss, and they think about opening that wrapper and, and how special it was. And if you think of the first time someone, you know, yeah. shared one with you or broke a bar or made s'mores, yeah. um, you know, the first time I, I had a Hershey's bar, I remember, um, you know, my mom would buy a bar for um, my sister and I to share with her in the car ride on the way home from the store. I remember opening the paper. I remember take, taking the foil off and breaking it and right. eating it. That's amazing when, you know, not only is your brand serving a functional purpose, but also has these, uh, you know, very emotional um, uh, connections as well. And so right. to me, that was really the magic of, of Hershey and, you know, coming here, um, uh, as I thought about the portfolio of brands that I, I had an opportunity to work on. Um, and then also the fact that, you know, design was a very new um, organization and function for the Hershey company. So prior to my arrival, um, there was somebody that was in the role for about five years. Um, and so it, it's a, a relatively new function. If you think of, you know, kind of where we are today in 2000, 
um, you know, 16, we're, uh, we're yeah, now I've dated the blog for, sorry, um, you know, 2016 to say design's really only been a part of this organization for eight years. I mean, you know, I, I joke, there's been a lot of design at the Hershey company for well over yes. hundred years, right? Yeah. So, um, what's exciting for me, and I know what was exciting for, for my predecessor is really helping the, the organization, um, and the company and our retail partners, understand the the value and the power of design and and what it could bring and so you know while i loved everything i was doing at proctor um design really had had made its its presence known um right. and that was amazing and uh you know really i wanted to say okay hey i want to help make design part of the hershey legacy um and know that I, i'm part of that and we all really feel this responsibility to First, you know, uphold the heritage that Milton Hershey started and that history and, and the tradition. And I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things when you come into the town of Hershey, Pennsylvania, and the streetlights are lined with Hershey kisses and the town smells like chocolate and you drive by the Reese's oh my God. plant. Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> like of that, oh my gosh, this is a huge responsibility. Um, it's an icon, it really is. It is. Just as much as Disney or any of the other ones. Even more so in a, in a way, too. I mean, it's like, like it hasn't changed. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, it has uh, the brand has evolved. But yeah. Has the, has the color brown changed over the years, or has it always been the same color? It is Munsell Maroon. Um, so it's a, a specific um, maroon, it's yeah. a specific brown that we use. Um, and it's, you know, brown that we have protection around. Um, and it's... Uh, um, it is something that, you know, it's very, uh, what's interesting about it is it's super hard to print. Um, and everybody that we talk to, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, let's just pick a Pantone here yeah. and make one's life easier. That's funny. Um, it is a tough, tough color to get right. Um, you know, it could end up being like overly, you know, pink and red. It could be overly, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. Wow. But um, anyway, so that color has been consistent, um, you know since the invention of, of the Hershey's milk chocolate bar, it's been used um, and we've preserved it. Um, what I think we've done uh, in a really nice way over the past, um, you know, a couple of years is, is modernized it in ways that, you know, um, harken back to that heritage, but also feel very fresh and new. And I don't know if you've had an opportunity. I, I just gave my last sample. I'm going to check if it's here. Ah! We just did an amazing um, update for uh, our U.S. Olympic partnership, um, the United States Olympics Committee, right. uh, Team USA partnership, and USA. it's Merco USA. USA um, signed some amazing um, athletes to to be sponsors with us. But what's incredible, um, you know, I'm really that package as you know it today, the Munsell maroon, big bold Hershey's letters. Right. Um, all we did was change them to red, white, and blue, and it. It, oh yeah, I saw it. It's the Twitter, like the Twitter thing, right? Patriotic <laughs> Americana. Oh my God! It's, and and I worked on that project with an amazing agency um, in Cincinnati called Go Dutch. And when they presented that, I'm like, Gosh, could it really be this easy? Is, yeah. is that really the solution? And you know, we did rounds of okay, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, and in the end, we went back to that. And the response has been amazing. Um, you know, I the, saw it. Yeah, it's awesome. Did, Go Dutch. I, they they did work with you on on the action, on the rebrand of. The Hershey's and Jet too, right? They did they? Did I'm telling you, I'm I'm read, well read on the world of uh, Braun Bird. They're they're, <laughs> you know, I, I have a lot of I think I have a lot of secret weapons um, as a design leader. Yeah, uh, my team, my agency partners, Go Dutch is definitely uh, yeah. 
top on that secret weapon list. But anyway, they're amazing. So, yeah. um, but they, uh, yeah, they did the re, uh, the rebrand, but what was amazing for me, I had the opportunity to meet Shannon Miller, who of course is, you know, a, a gold medalist, um, gymnast. Right. And she's, um, she is one of, uh, our, our athletes that we sponsor. And she was at the unveiling of, you know, the, the relationship between Hershey and the USOC and team USA. And, um, and she just held on to that package. She's like, Oh my God, it's so beautiful. She's like holding it up to her face. I'm like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, like I need to go stand in a corner somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so awesome. yeah, it's cool. But no, it is like this. I do think there's a responsibility. And I also think that, you know, as, as a company, um, and as a brand, we want to, we want to be relevant for new consumers. And, you know, the, the people who have never experienced a Hershey bar, maybe the way that you and I did, where it was peel the paper wrapper, then peel the foil. Um, you know, that means something to me. It doesn't mean the same thing to, you know, somebody who's, you know, just visiting the U S and never experienced Hershey's milk chocolate. Um, and so we want to make sure that, you know, when they're, when they're experiencing the brand, they feel like it's their brand as well, even if they didn't have the hundred years of heritage um, to go along with it. And so it is, it's a, it's a big responsibility, um, you know, as we think of these key iconic brands. And the great thing about the Hershey company is we're, we're building our portfolio of brands beyond what you know of Hershey's milk chocolate or Hershey's kisses right. um, and bringing in new amazing brands like Crave Jerky, which if you haven't had pretty awesome, um, Bark Thins has just joined um, our family and, and, and we're inventing and creating new brands um, and, and hopefully building the next iconic brands. Um, so, you know, when kids today, you know, ah, when their kids are having the brand that we just right. created today, like that brand's a hundred years old. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> they're all like different, like Twitter accounts and stuff like that. So, uh, do you treat it in the same way, uh, an agency would, would, you know, you're on like team tide or you're on team. Is it the same thing? Yeah, very similar. Um, we have core groups of, of people who, um, uh, who work on the brands full time. That's what they do. Right. And then we have, we have teams of people who either float in multifunctionally. So design happens to be a, one of the organizations within the Hershey company that works across all brands. So I have design managers on my team that are assigned, um, Reese's seasons and Reese's peanut butter cups. I'm here. If you guys need a freelancer, I'm coming down. <laughs> Uh, Whoever you're, you get, I gotta get that LinkedIn Reese's Peanut Butter Cup connection. They are absolutely my weakness. <laughs> and if you haven't seen, um, there, there's a, a new fun campaign right now called Cup Fusion, where Reese's pieces are inside a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, and it's just, it's so good, it's so wrong. They're really good. <laughs> Can I just say uh, while I'm thinking of it, ADD here, but please, please. Bring back. It will be the most successful campaign you guys have had forever. If you haven't already, if you've already done this, forgive me. Okay. How X eats a Reese's peanut butter cup. Bring that back. That was the best. You guys could have, you know, for years. Why did that stop? You know, we're keeping it fresh. But you could, oh. you could start that again, Rob. Do it. Did I do it. And we'll, we'll, we'll retweet it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll post it. Okay, uh, I got to think of some inventive ways to eat some peanut butter cups. There's some fun stuff. In fact, we just won. Um, we just won uh, 
uh, a lion award at um, Khan for uh, a, a Reese campaign um, in the digital space uh, where I don't know if you saw some consumers um, at the holidays, they didn't think their trees looked like trees. Right. Um, and then they didn't think the hearts looked like hearts at, at Valentine's day. Um, and, you know, we did, I think some awesome real time kind of response called all trees are beautiful. Right. Uh, and, and really what's, what is pretty amazing is the trees haven't changed since <laughs> we made them in the beginning, but it wasn't until Twitter um, yeah. and people actually started saying, Hey, this doesn't look like a tree. Right. Um, and I think we, I, I think we responded to that in, in really the way that Reese's would respond. And right. I think that's what's important, you know, to your, your point, while, you know, we have over um, 80 brands in our portfolio, every brand has a different tone of voice and the way Reese's would respond to all trees are beautiful right. certainly would be different than the way kisses would respond right. um, or the way Twizzlers might respond. So it is important, you know, and to me, what I love about um, what I love about the challenge here is it's a, a I have a relatively small team um, of designers, um, all who know enough about each other's brands, but then really who dive into, you know, I've, I've got an amazing design leader on Reese's. She can tell you anything about Reese's ever. And like, I'll, oh, I'll say, Faye, I've got this great idea for Reese's. And she's like, oh, Ron, they tried that in like 1974. <laughs> um, so you want them to bring that one back. I want them to bring the Elvis Reese's peanut butter cup back, which was peanut butter banana. Um, that sounds good. King loved, you know, his peanut butter and banana. Are you guys going to roll out the, uh, the, the Kisses Bells again this year? Every year. It Every was kind of low resolution last year. Right? Was that just the TV I was watching on? I hope it was your TV. <laughs> I don't know. You probably look into that. You know, it's funny. Um, we've tried to remake that commercial um, for many, many years, and nothing scores as well as that commercial with yeah. consumers. They know it. They know when they hear the bells ringing that it's it. it's the kiss. And um, yeah, it's amazing. It's that one, and that's a great one for us in terms of you know brand recall and wow, yeah. an iconic asset. I got excited. Um, that, that that and the Hess truck. The Hess truck. Hess truck's back. Yeah, that's right up there, though. That's you know, if you were to ask consumers, that's that's probably one of the most memorable yeah. Christmas ones. Yeah, for so, sure. There's another one you said. Uh, for Easter, we have the um, for Cadbury cream eggs, the the bunny auditions where um, uh, yeah 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 audition to be the Cadbury bunny and my mom's gonna be so excited. She's a huge Cadbury egg person, so she's gonna be like, love... you talk to the guy. What? <laughs> yeah. I love. Cadbury. I made it, mom. I made it. <laughs> as as we think about um, you know on on the flip side, because I I do talk about the responsibility of these iconic brands. I also think we have responsibility, you know as designers to, to push the thinking and the change and, you know, the, the perception that consumers may have for these iconic brands. But in particular, for me, the, the biggest challenge is the perception internally, um, you know, within the organization on, on A, what design can deliver, on B, what will the consumer allow us to do with these right. brands? Um, you know, to, to ultimately get them or maintain that iconic status that they have. So, you know, that I don't think it's a responsibility where, yes, I've, I'm stewarding these iconic brands and that means don't touch them. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's how do you, how do you keep the essence and the core and what is, you know, what is the brand, but also make it, you know, relevant for, for people who don't know the brands or right. maybe don't think about the brand when they're thinking about, I want to go get a great piece of chocolate. Right. When, when the Hershey company did our rebrand, um, 
I've I got some really not happy press. <laughs> I pur I purposely left that out because I wholeheartedly <laughs> disagree with what with the oh the, so do the I brand new uh, <laughs> under consideration thing and, and I know that Debbie had talked about that too so I, yeah. it's it's frowned upon to steal other podcast hosts. Uh, no, Sorry no. if I did Debbie. No, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> but I, it's one of those things where, for me, like, it, a, it was a reaction that I didn't expect. But then I think of, you know, frankly, a lot of the conversations that had happened in the design space, whether that was, you know, around the Airbnb logo, and wow, how awesome that they stuck with the belief, like, hey, we did the right thing. Right. But then you look at companies who did, you know. And I hate to say, but like that knee jerk reaction of like, you know, wow, Gap put a new logo out there and consumers didn't like it. And it was like, oh, we're back to the old logo. And, you know, I, was it a I week, do, right? Was it a week, a month? It, I don't even think it was. It wow. was, I felt so bad for them, man. Like, <laughs> oh, God, I would. And that was at a time where I'm like, that'll never happen to me. Um, yeah. But, you know, you know. It's, it, it's one of those things where I think, you know, um, in, in particular, we have to. Uh, De I also I'm thrilled. I, I had the opportunity to speak at um, a How conference a couple of years ago, and it was right after um, the whole thing with the logo happened. The hullabaloo. And, uh, the hullabaloo, <laughs> which was a Disney, or I'm sorry, which was a um, a cranium game that I sang the theme song for it. If you f find it online, go watch the hullabaloo commercial. I tr I tricked my CFO. Um, I'm also a singer, if, and you know, yeah, an actor too. Yeah. Uh, but I tricked my CFO because he didn't like the voices that were coming in in the auditions. And so I went and recorded it one afternoon um, and we played it. And he's like, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. And then we're like, oh, that was me. Um, but anyway, that was fine. Um, anyway, hell of a but no, there, I, I think, you know, the, the thing that I was very proud of with Hershey, you know, frankly, I'd only been with the company for, but when that happened a few months and I thought I was going to get the call, you know, like, Hey, yeah. we're back to the old logo. And I was thrilled that, that they stood behind it and so cool. in, in really a great way. It's one of those things where I'm like, ah, that's, how, that's what I want to do for someone on my team, you know, at some point, yeah. but, um, was uh, that like a panic attack. Day, oh, like gosh. Whole... man, Rob, I'll tell you, I was in, I was in Vegas. Um, we had just opened oh, our. Oh no! What an awful there. place to be. And <laughs> I knew, you know, it was one of the. I'm laying in bed knowing that that article is going to run because I submitted all of the the content and stuff. Um, and I knew that article was going to run. I'm in bed. I'm and I woke up because the time zone difference. So I wanted to see, you know, yeah. when it posted. And I, I honestly, in my head, thought, "Oh yeah, that's going to post today, and it won't be a big deal." And and they had run a story of the uh, when I did the redesign of Olay, and for the most part, it was you know yeah. people liked it. You had a couple of snarky comments, but oh, man, the douchiest comments. Excuse my French, but I hate. Like, <gasps> I love under consideration. I love the people who publish under consideration. I've read every single article, but all of those people in the com in the comment section, you're the worst people. <laughs> there, I'm sure. I'm sure there are some. There are some people who who comment with like you know clever things, but you know yeah. there's some really, really. I think I was talking with Jessica Helfen about this about just just comments that would get, that you'd lose your job for if they were ever said in, in, in the professional setting. It's they should really be ashamed of themselves, and they're and they're showing how. Un, sorry, I'm gonna vent about this. I hope I hope these people hear it. Get at me. Here's the comment section right here. No, but like no. they should be ashamed of themselves because it's like, oh, you're so hoity-toity and you're all about design, yet you, you know, like, you know, steaming turd, that's your creative critique, mm. whatever.
I'll, I, I'll stand by your side, Ron. I'll get out. Uh, thank you, thank you. I I have to tell you, I'm like I'm gonna grab, I'm gonna grab it because I'm I'm so proud of of it here. To, I'm gonna hide the. Well, you all can call me or write me, but there it is, the amazing logo. Beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? And check out these business cards. I actually have these done on Moo. I love Moo. We have an internal print shop. That's awesome. But I did yeah. these awesome like foil things. You can see all the kisses. No, I saw them. But you know, I think I think importantly uh, when so when I was asked to do the how thing, man, I I was a really excited and honored, but also like yeah, I haven't really talked publicly since this whole thing happened. And the original title of my presentation was "Haters Gonna Hate" and other things I learned from Taylor Swift. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it, I don't know. I I got kind of. Uh, I got a little, I thought, I didn't want it to be like that. I didn't want it to come across that I, I was, um, I was bitter about what happened, but I do think, you know, the reality, particularly, you know, I've, I've been now doing this for over 20 years. People have loved my work. People have hated my work and all shades in between. I but I think for new designers, thank you. I think for new designers, um, it could really, it could be career changing. It could be like, wow, you know, like I, I also, I love to act, right? 99% of the auditions I go to, I don't get the job, right? Yeah. And, you know, if I'm a designer just either coming out of school or I'm a designer who, you know, just did what they thought was the right thing and it, and it wasn't successful, like you could... People change careers over things like that, right? And yeah. I, I just think we have to be, this sounds cheesy, we have to be nice to each other, right? I mean, we're in yeah. this together. I, I know I come to work every day and I am trying at the Hershey Company, um, an amazing company. I, I say that, say that, but I will say this. A company where every day I'm, I'm trying to prove the value of design and what design means to the bottom line as it relates to emotional connections consumers have with our brands, as it relates to impulse purchases, um, and for our own industry to say, yeah, that looks like a steaming turd. Yeah. Wow, come on, people, be nice. Yeah. You know, I mean, stuff that I'm like, eh, I wouldn't have done it, but. I'm not, I, I don't go out of my way to say, well, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. What were you thinking? Um, right. You know, but it's funny that the agency who did the work, um, uh, Go Dutch, they were getting like- I'm so impressed or, I knew that, by the way. Uh, I'm, I'm really I'm, proud of myself. As well, I am too. In fact, <laughs> um, I, I'll, I have a call with them later. I'll tell them. But oh, awesome. they had said, um, they got so many emails about about it. And they're like, hey, how much will you charge me to design, you know, fill in the blank or right. fill it. They were getting oh, harassed, and I, I felt worse for them really more than anything. And I also had just joined the company, so I thought for sure I was going to get fired. So yeah. I'm, I'm still here. I wasn't I know. So no, you're no, looking good. You got the cufflinks on. Got the links. If, if you, what should people look for when, when looking for these design jobs? Because I've seen such radical extremes. On the one hand, you know, like I went to, I, when I went to the Collins office, I was like, oh, my God, places like this exist. These are not just places, you know, there's Eames chairs, it's beautiful, there's like libraries and, and everyone there is so kind and, 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 you know, they're like sharing books with you and sharing information. And then there's other offices which are like cold corporate dungeons of just like, oh, old school thinking and presentation decks and all that awful stuff. Sorry for anyone who's presentation <laughs> Keep rocking. I want to work at a place where design is encouraged and I understand that I'm not going to always be in a place where I can do whatever I want. Does that exist? Are there places where you can go and, and, and it's just like this euphoric experience of like learning and design and 
color because you worked at Disney, you worked at Hershey, you worked at all these places. I just want to know that it's going to take time to get there. But when I get to where I'm going, like, what's it like when you get to work, you know, these dream, these dream jobs? You know, I, I have to say, Rob, like, I think it's taken now 20 years to recognize it and be okay with the fact that there are days when I walk into work and I truly am like, I have the best job in the world. And that has been true no matter where I worked, whether it was at Disney, whether it was at, you know, a small agency in South Florida, Olive Garden. And then there are also days when you walk in and you're like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? Right. Yeah. So you, you have that. I think what, I think, you know, for me, what, what's exciting is the things that's, the things that stress me out, I, I don't know if stress out is the right word, or the things that kind of irk me about like, wow, I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to be telling somebody why I chose a typeface for this, right? Like, you know, or, or why I'm insisting on hand lettering something. <laughs> instead. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of it, you have to, you know, first recognize every organization is at a different stage of the design journey and every person that you work with is, right? So I, there are some brand managers that I work with that honestly, I'm like, I have an open design job. Please apply. Come work yeah. with me. Um, they, they really get it. And then there are other people that, um, you know, they just, they don't. And it's not that they don't. I, I never... I will say, at least at Hershey, I don't believe it's ever about bad intention. I think it's just about, you know, for so many people, what we do, it it appears fun and it appears like anyone could do that, right? I mean, right. how hard is it to... Which is definitely you know, not the case. I've learned that very quickly. And and so I think that, you know, you have to be patient in, in your journey of, okay, who am I going to bring under my wing, right? And help them understand, like, you know, I, I often joke with... Um, I joke with our brand partners here, you know, where I'm like, hey, if I do my job, you are going to be the next CEO of the Hershey company. I won't be. You will be. But let me do my job. If you're going to fight it every step of the way, there's somebody else who wants to be the CEO. And it's it's more of, you know, I, I believe in going, you know, go where the suction is. Go and work with the people who want my time and my team's time and are, you know, like... I love when we're in town halls and uh, a brand person would say, oh my God, I would never have been able to do this if it weren't for, you know, the design team and what they've delivered. That's amazing. And, you know, they're getting, they're getting a heck of a lot further, right, in their career and in their development by recognizing, you know, the fact that they're not doing this stuff as islands, right? I, right. And so I think you have that. I, I think the, you know, question that I would kind of put out there is, or, or my revelation is I've always known when I walk into an interview immediately, is this place right for me? Right. And I would say, go with your gut because it's, it's rarely wrong. Yeah. You know, there, there have been, um, there have been jobs that don't show up on my resume that I thought this is going to be amazing. And it was like, Oh wow. I, right. this is for me. Um, and so don't, don't, you know, the, it, no experience. I, I really do believe no experience is bad experience, particularly as you're looking for your first jobs, right? Um, there's a lot of stuff that I did when I was at the agency that I'm like, yeah, that's probably not a client I would have sought out, but it's one the agency brought in. And, you know, as the new designer on the team, I, I definitely wasn't getting the choice projects. I mean, and this yeah. would happen a lot, you know, at Disney where, you know, we were getting... Um, like anywhere from 60 to a hundred aristocrats while your partners were getting, uh, right. right. You know, like, <laughs> the, 
the our my I love you, Ruth. God, there with the work and you know, like all these things handed out. And I'm like, how did I get stuck doing that hang tag for a tank top that I didn't design? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> but you, so you have to recognize you're going to get some of that. But yeah. there are also some of the things where it's like, oh, that was fun. I mean, the the time that I spent doing pins at Disney, man, I'll. That blinds you. You're working in these like little minuscule things. I'm like, wow, man, I'm like doing all these pins all the time. And I'm looking at my, you know, some colleagues getting these amazing, like, you know, <laughs> portfolio projects. Yeah. But I had a lot of fun, you know, and I look at it and I'm like, ah, they're also mad at every client. They're not right. having a good time. Um, so I, I would say go with your, your gut, the sense, the feel of the place. Um, and I'd also, you know, I wouldn't be scared about doing particularly as you're starting out, right? Like, you know, if I, if I read my resume and I were Disney, right. If I were Disney reading my resume as I were, was sending it in, right. I would have never called me for an interview. Yeah. Um, I, I have to say the connections are everything and you'll work on the, I never thought I'd be working in, you know, the food industry with, with frankly, Olive Garden. I'm like, okay, that was kind of weird. I never expected that. Right. But at the same time, I never thought I'd be working on detergent, on skincare, on hair care, on chocolate. Um, you know, I, I worked uh, at the agency. A lot of what we did was healthcare. I was like illustrating knee braces for like catalogs. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's like a mix of kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah, great with the pen tool, I'm sure. Just got to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then hopefully some, some at some point you'll be like, ah, that's the job. That's right. the job I want. Yeah. Um, and I want to go and do that every day. And yeah. uh, and I want to do it even when I don't have to do it anymore. Right. So. All right, Ron. So in closing, I just have one more thing I want to talk to you about. Um, Prism, which is part of the Hershey's Chocolate big for the supporting the LGBT community, I think it's important, and uh, I'd like to know a little bit more about that. Yeah, so um, I am a, a co-lead of of Prism. It's our LGBTQ um, and ally uh, affinity group at the company, and really our role is to to build awareness within the organization. Um, around issues the LGBTQ community is facing, whether that's about workplace equality, whether that's about financial equality, whether that's about um, offering benefits to um, same-sex partners or benefits, um, uh, you know, for individuals going through transition that are, are transgender. Um, and, you know, it's it's one of the things I'm most proud of at the Hershey Company. I mean, we, we are an amazing organization. Milton Hershey really um, built a foundation around, uh, you know, giving back and and philanthropy, the Milton Hershey School is a great example of that. Um, and you know, but we also have a reputation of of being conservative. And I think this is a space that really does show that the company is looking to build the most diverse workforce um, and bring in the best talent. You know, regardless of um, you know. Uh, regardless of sexual orientation, regardless of race, regardless of, of, of culture and religion and experience, and really just about making the company um, the best place it could be for everybody to show up fully with their talent. So um, Prism is kind of like my, uh, my side job at the company, um, but it's one that I'm really passionate about, um, you know, particularly as a member of the LGBTQ community. Um, and so uh, there's a lot of... Um, you know, a lot of work ahead. Um, I think we're making great progress, um, certainly as the Hershey company, but also I think as, um, as, as the community in, in general. So, um, that's so awesome. And, uh, that's gotta be so cool to be a part of. And I think, you know, with the, the recent events and, and the news recently, and, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, at, at times I feel, I feel like there's, there's so much more to go, but it's so great that companies like Hershey could do something like that. Um, and, you know, cause there needs to be more love and compassion in the world. And, 
you know, I watch the news every day and I'm baffled at, at, at the way that, you know, the LGBT community is treated. Um, and so it's, you know, I bravo to Hershey for, for partaking in that. Shouldn't be an issue. It, yeah. you know, it's, it really it's, shouldn't. It's one of those things that, you know, in, in today's world and certainly as we think about, you know, talent and diversity and, and the fact that the world consumer is our consumer at Hershey and that right. includes, you know, that includes anybody who enjoys chocolate. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I know there are a lot of members of the LGBTQ community who yes. do. So <laughs> I'm yeah. one of, and so I'm thrilled that, uh, I'm thrilled that the company supports it the way that it does. Um, and, uh, actually if you're in the area on July 29th, uh, the kiss mobile is going to be at, um, central PA pride. Uh, I'll awesome. be there handing out uh, rainbow colored kisses. Um, and, uh, it's actually all, a lot of local um, companies in Pennsylvania, Central Pennsylvania. Um, it's our Pride celebration. It just happens in in awesome. July instead of June. That's when I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to set up our uh, our, our our hangout date. Is that day, so. <laughs> Ron, thanks so much for coming on. This has been awesome. This has been so much fun. I can't wait to share it with everyone. So, thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you.